Welcome to the Chronify Podcast. This is Ben Miller. In today's episode, titled Gratitude, I dive into a recent business decision and what the results taught me about how much I have to be grateful for. Before we get to that, if you're enjoying the podcast, please fill out our quick five-minute survey about the podcast. If you do, you'll be entered into a drawing for two $50 Amazon gift cards, and more importantly, you'll have a chance to suggest topics and help us make the podcast even better moving forward. The link is in the show notes. Now, let's get to the episode. Startup life is hard. Once the honeymoon period wears off and the low-hanging fruit has been picked, it can be a grind to get up and do it all over again day after day. There are absolutely benefits that come along with running your own business. It's great to be the master of your own schedule. I, for one, am thrilled that I get to participate actively in the upbringing of my kids in a way that I couldn't at my old job. There's also the huge psychic and motivational benefit that comes from working on a problem that I believe is truly worth solving. When I zoom out and look at things over the last six months or the last year, I feel a rush of joy that this is actually working. But the day-to-day can be harrowing. On a micro level, progress is often hard to discern, and there are many days when I go to bed and it feels like I'm further from my goal than I was when I woke up. However, there are occasionally times when working on this project is immediately gratifying, satisfying, and electrifying. On the way to sharing just one such moment, I'll take you through a brief tour of a recent decision and its interim results. What follows is an inside look at startup life and the emotions involved. First, a note on imposter syndrome. As a founder, I have a lot of different responsibilities. There's strategy, marketing, sales, product, development, recruiting, operations, etc. The list goes on. The upside is that I have the privilege of learning a lot about a lot of different fields, with the added tailwind of skin in the game to make the learnings more powerful and salient than they would be if gleaned from the pages of a book. But there's also a lot of imposter syndrome that comes along with this lengthy list of responsibilities. What gives me the right to claim that I'm the right person for any of these? And when I'm in the grand scheme relatively new at every one of them, who am I to claim that I should really be focusing on a handful of them while delegating others? If a seasoned veteran founder with decades of experience gets an A grade in some or many of these fields, is it really right for me to declare that the ones in which I'm a B plus at best are my specialty and that I should delegate the other items? It recently became clear that it was time to do some formal customer research. Having just released a brand new version of our software, it was important to see how our customers are thinking about it, what role it plays in their lives, how they make decisions, what's resonating, and so on. Since this is one of the many fields with which I'm relatively inexperienced, I sought counsel from several intelligent people in my life to see what I should do. One camp emerged with a clear and coherent point of view that this was a task that could not be outsourced. Because it's so central to the strategic direction of the company, and because the information to be gained is so valuable, it would seem foolish to contract this out. Another camp acknowledged that there are best practices in this field to make sure that we get all we can out of the project, and that getting an unbiased guide for the discussions would generate a valuable and fresh perspective. Solid arguments on both sides, so I went with my gut. I brought in an experienced guide to help out with this process. The way I saw it, it would present an opportunity for me to learn how to do this the right way, while at the same time ensuring high-integrity feedback and an ability to institutionalize the insights generated by the process. As someone who cares so deeply about the success of the company and about the experiences of our customers, 
it was not easy to make the decision to sit out of these conversations. But the way I saw it, it was important for me to do so to guard against the risk of either leading the witness or worse, subtly tilting the feedback in a positive direction. In a nutshell, if my big shiny bald head is in the corner of the zoom window, who's going to have the heart to tell me that my baby is ugly? So these conversations all took place without me present. For me, that was tough. Our customers know that I take a personal interest in making sure that they're well served. So would my absence make them feel like they were no longer important enough to merit my attention? I listened to the recording of every single one of these conversations. On a meta level, watching myself listening to them, I learned about myself. I was by turns elated, frustrated, relieved, stressed, impressed, and most of all, grateful. But it was clear to me that I was anything but the dispassionate and objective guy that was needed for this current round of this process. I was like a sports fan watching a playoff game he recorded while he was at work, rooting for the outcome I wanted, even though the outcome had already been determined. Furthermore, the unfettered and honest way in which our customers answered the questions injected so much value into the process that I was blown away. I learned about what's resonating, what's not, what's valuable, what's frustrating, and what needs to improve. It's psychologically exhausting, and as the father of this product baby, there were times when it felt like getting kicked in the cojones. But now that the dust is settling, there's a pretty exciting conclusion emerging. If people are getting value out of the product now, just imagine how they'll feel when we've taken it to where it needs to be. As someone who's so heavily invested in the success of the company on multiple levels, it's easy to see flaws in the product as demerits or smudges on the record of the company. But that's before I remember that each one of those flaws presents an opportunity. Put another way, if there were no flaws to fix, that would be the worst news of all, as it would mean that we'd already exhausted this opportunity. As I listened to the last of the conversations, I was out on a walk around my neighborhood. I was struck by the eloquence of the speaker, by the thoughtful way in which they teased out what was working, what wasn't, and why they were using the product. I was overcome by a feeling that this process was one of the most valuable projects in which the company has yet engaged. In listening to the way our customers look at Chronify, I got some validation of plans for the future, some challenges to the way we're approaching things, and many insights about the way our product needs to be. But the biggest thing I got out of this process was motivation. I'm so immensely grateful to the people who took time out of their days to help us make this product everything it ought to be. Far more than just a simple box-ticking exercise to quickly answer questions and earn an Amazon gift card, the people who took part went above and beyond and really made a big impact. As a founder, seeing that there are people who care enough to do that provides an immediately palpable reminder of why I'm doing what I'm doing. That it matters, and that there are people who care about it becoming everything it must become. I'm glad I sat out from these conversations and I'm even more glad that I got to listen in. Most of all, I'm grateful. Grateful for the privilege of working on a problem that's meaningful to me. Grateful for the generosity of our customers with their time and insights. Grateful for the opportunity to meet so many great people as a byproduct of doing something I care about. Being a founder is not a cakewalk. 
or if it is, it's some perverse cakewalk run by Jeff Probst where 25% of the time it's cake and the rest of the time it's squid guts or monkey brains, but you're so hungry that you have to eat it anyway. But at times like this, I remember why I'm doing it and I get freshly fired up for the mission of helping people truly understand their finances so they can move on to living the best version of their lives. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Thanks a lot for listening. If you're interested in learning more about how to put your finances in their proper perspective, check out Chronify.com. We'd love to help you out. And don't forget to fill out our quick five-minute survey about the podcast. If you do, you'll be entered in a drawing for two $50 Amazon gift cards, and you'll have a chance to suggest topics and help us make the podcast even better moving forward. The link is in the show notes.